It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Locked On Wizards. We recap the Wizards' losses this weekend before Michael Jones, host of Offense Defense Discourse podcast and a producer analyst for the Lance J Show, joins the show to get into what's going on with the Wizards, what it takes to rebuild the Sixers, and the Western Conference fight for the number eight spot. All that and more right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and I hope you had a great weekend. We had a tough weekend for the Wizards, and watching them drop another pair of losses this past weekend, starting with a Friday loss to the Pelicans, 118-107, to followed up by a loss on Sunday to the Thunder, 121 to 103 and the Wizards are officially eliminated from any chances of making the Eastern Conference playoffs or even forcing a play in game. So the Wizards have two games left, the Bucks on Tuesday and the Celtics on Thursday to round out their bubble journey. Now for the Wizards Friday, led by Thomas Bryant's 22.8 rebounds a near double-double for him, Rui Hachimura with 23.6 rebounds and Troy Brown Jr. And Ish Smith finished with a double-double. Troy finished with 20 points, 10 rebounds, along with five assists and some incredible passing we saw from him as he continues to be consistent with that, bringing that to the floor. Ish Smith, 18 points, 10 assists, another one that was just doing a great job of dishing and finding open players. The Pelicans without Zion Williamson, but they outscored the Wizards in the third quarter to overcome a Wizards halftime lead led by Drew Holiday's game-high 28 points. Then on Sunday, the Wizards were led by Jerome Robinson, hot shooting 19 points on the game. Five other Wizards finished in double figures. Mo Wagner, Isak Bonga, Ish Smith, Rui Hachimura, Troy Brown Jr. On Sunday, led by Jerome Robinson's team-high 19 points, Mo Wagner, Isak Bonga, Ish Smith, Rui Hachimura, and Troy Brown Jr. also finished in double figures. But the Wizards were down by 16 at the half and unable to ever fully get back into the game. For both games this weekend, as we saw, the Wizards did unfortunately get eliminated from playoff contention as they dropped their sixth straight. They do have two games remaining in the restart. We're seeing some, some glimpses of hope as players like Troy Brown Jr. have been consistent, Jerome Robinson consistently being a threat off the bench and and finding ways to impact the game. Thomas Bryant and Rui Hachimura also consistently playing well for the Wizards. There are some things that need to change and be better. So now joining me here on Locked on Wizards to discuss what he's been seeing from the Wizards so far and also some things they can do to get better and prepare for next year moving forward. We've got Michael Jones, Mike Jones, host of Offense Defense Discourse podcast and a producer analyst with the Lance J Show. Mike, welcome to Locked on Wizards. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be able to join to talk a little basketball. I'm glad there's basketball going on right now. Right? Isn't it just so exciting that we can even have these conversations? It's been long overdue, that's for sure. And so Sunday, we'll start off with the Wizards. Sunday, the Wizards dropped another loss to OKC. 
they remain winless and now have been officially eliminated from the playoffs. And I'm curious to know your thoughts on, you know, moving forward, what the Wizards need to do just to finish out their last couple of games here in the bubble. And then also moving forward towards a rebuild, you know, I like to have people put on their GM front office hat and ask those hypotheticals. What would you do? But how would you moving forward, even approach the team to really maximize these last two games they have in the bubble? Well, at this point with the last two games in the bubble, what the wizards, in my opinion, need to be doing is, you know, you're already down your more, your more talented players. So you have an opportunity to let some of these younger guys, some of these less experienced guys really get some time out there. You can really evaluate what you have on your roster, especially you, like you know who Beal is. Assuming Wall is healthy next year, you know who he is, these guys. But the other guys on the roster, those are the guys you really get a chance to throw them out there in different game situations that you wouldn't necessarily be trying to put them out there in during a regular NBA competition, but Mm -hmm. now being eliminated from the playoffs, you can really go out there and evaluate these guys a little bit better. See who has the heart, who has, who's going to go out there and fight and compete no matter what. These are all things you can learn over these next couple games about your personnel. Now, as far as going forward and rebuilding, of course, the elephant in the room is John Wall's contract. Mm-hmm. Be- because he, Bradley Beal, they're, they're both very, very talented players and they're going to get the money they're getting in today's NBA. But having them, they are together good enough to keep you at that 7-8 spot in the playoffs which keeps you out of the lottery so you don't get to add the talent that way and their contracts being what they are, it makes it prohibitive to bring in any high-end talent through free agency. So you're going to have to look to shed cap first to rebuild. Question is, is anyone willing to take Wall's contract? That's a good question. As the years get closer and closer to going down, you may see teams more willing to take a risk on it. But when it, when it was originally four or five years, I believe it was, nobody was going to do that. But you may be able to find a buyer in a small market team somewhere who's looking to sell tickets knowing they can't compete this year. And they'll keep him for a year or two, play out his contract. So you might be able to buy a buyer for John Wall at this point. But, and he would ideally be the piece to move. Right, right. That's but, a, those are great points. Go ahead. But with that being said, because you're very likely to be stuck with Wall's contract until it expires, if you want to accelerate your rebuild, you have to accept that Bradley Beal is your most valuable piece and the fastest way to bringing in a more, I don't want to say better talent because I love Beal's game, but being able to get to a team that is able to, as a team, get to a, that next level. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of pieces there that you touched on. The first is the fact that, you know, for the, the Wizards specifically moving into these last two games, I hate to say it's, it's almost like a scrimmage. You're not really playing to win. Of course, you're, they want to leave Orlando with a win. And, you know, having played six games in three scrimmages and not want to 
haven't won a game yet. You know, you want to see if you can get a win out of the game versus the Bucks or the game versus the Celtics. I imagine that, especially for the Bucks, having already clinched, and, you know, for the Celtics, as they're preparing for the playoffs, they're probably coming into these games. We've been seeing, especially with the Bucks, them not playing Giannis and, and Chris Middleton as much. I imagine they're going to do the same against the Wizards and almost just allow I, – I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they don't play at all, but just to allow the other players to get a rhythm going as they prepare for the playoffs. So for the Wizards specifically, it's not a terrible idea to think of it in the same sense. Although you're not playing for a playoff spot anymore and you're not preparing for that, you're preparing for next year. So players like Jerome Robinson, Shabazz Napier, um, who actually has been injured, uh, different players that are maybe coming off the bench in the first you know, six games of the restart, maybe you have them starting. Maybe you get other players more minutes, someone like Mo Wagner or, or you know, whoever it may be, just to kind of mix it up a little bit and use these last two games, which are full games against an opponent to see what they can do. They've been playing a lot of players so far in the restart, but I mean in the sense of changing their roles. So now instead of coming off the bench, maybe they're starting a quarter. Maybe they're playing more minutes than they did before. Maybe someone, you know, like Thomas Bryant is playing a little bit less or Troy Brown Jr. plays a little less and Rui because you you know essentially what you're going to get from them. So I I, I understand what you're saying. That's a great point. Exactly. From a coaching perspective, you're still trying to schematically – win the game but of course at the same time so you're not out there just we're not trying hard lose the game but i'm trying to win the game while at the same time evaluating what guys what what improvement have these guys made over the year and what do we have look like we said what do we have going into next year most importantly Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and then in terms of movement you know i know there has been a lot of question around the future for bradley buell and john wall and whether one should move, neither should move. I know I've been getting into a lot of discussions around it as well. You know, I don't think Bradley Beal at his age and the fact he's still playing, he's still in peak form and one of the leading scorers in the league is the player that you move. I do think that if someone was to move, it'd be John Wall. But as you mentioned, that's not, that's not simple. You know, he's had a number of injuries coming off of an Achilles injury that's hard to recover from it and be at 100%. He is saying this is the first time ever he's been pain-free since he actually joined the NBA, which says a lot in itself. But, you know, you just don't really know. There's a lot of question marks there around his his future health. So I think this is a great transition into another player that there's a lot of question marks around his future health and two other all-stars on another team in the East that are just, goodness, I don't even know how to describe this, the Sixers. So coming up here on Locked on Wizards, we get into what's going on in Philly. Just a quick reminder that everyone needs support to make it through their day. Regardless if you're a professional athlete, stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day sitting in that uncomfortable office chair, everyone needs support. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient, easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all of our listeners 25%, yes, 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. And use that promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBD MD. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike Jones, host of Offense Defense Discourse Podcast and producer and analyst with the Lance J Show here on Locked On Wizards. We talked about the Wizards before and what it's going to take for them to build moving forward. Well, another team that needs to build and figure it out, the Sixers. Ben uh, Simmons you know my goes heart down. Just dropped. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> ben Simmons walks off the floor against the Wizards, a non-contact injury. Found out later he partially dislocated his left kneecap. He's done for the season. Then we're like, all right, you know what? Well, you know, the Sixers still have Joel Embiid. They're in the playoffs. You know, they still and have don't plenty forget of talent. Ben Simmons surgery. Ben Simmons did. Yes, absolutely. There was something floating loose in the knee. So. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's always it, good, it, right? It, it, yeah. It, it's not just the, the initial reports where it wasn't. It, the MRI was positive. There was swelling, no swelling or pain. But then you find out there's a loose object in his knee. So. They haven't officially yeah. announced it yet, but you can likely assume he's out for the remainder of this this bubble experience. Oh, yes. I know Woj was tweeting that, you know, they he did undergo surgery to remove that loose body in his left knee, as they called it. And depending on how far the Sixers go, there's potentially a chance he could come back. No, he's he's not going to be back, probably, especially after that. But also just looking at the fact that as the Sixers got into the next in their next game, and we're thinking, wow, they still have Joel Embiid, all as well. They're still in the playoffs. You've got Jake Milton. You've got Josh Richardson. You know, the Sixers can try to recover from this. Then Joel Embiid goes down against the Portland Trailblazers in their Sunday loss. And here we are again with Sixers fans scratching their heads. So for the Sixers specifically as a team that is at least in the playoffs, but we're still unsure what's going to happen for them as they actually play in the playoffs because Let's just be honest. It's still a lot of question marks around. Is Joel going to be healthy? How are the Sixers going to look? Just what do you take away from all this, as, especially as a Philly well, guy? <laughs> Embiid, honestly, I'm particularly worried because it is a left ankle injury. And with, you know, as a former athlete yourself, you know, ankle injuries are one of those ones that make it hard to keep up your conditioning. And Embiid is mm-hmm. notoriously famous for having, or infamous, I guess, is a better word, for not being in the best condition all the time to begin with. So you take the, this this guy who's a very, very large man, so it's a lot of pressure on the joints. He's going to need his time to let the ankle fully heal. And during that time off, I hope he's doing a lot of ta- laps in the pool or something to keep that conditioning because without Ben Simmons, the Sixers truly are going to need him for any kind of postseason run because you lack perimeter players on this team who can really create their own shots. And Embiid is the one guy without Simmons who creates matchup problems 
pretty much every time down court for the defense. And he's a guy you can go to and look look for him to be able to get a bucket almost every possession. So if he's not 100%, the Sixers' chances of even advancing beyond the first round of this playoff are, I would say, low. As much as I hate to say mm-hmm. it, the odds are against the Sixers. And if it's, yeah, I don't see him be, being what we need him to be, <laughs> what the Sixers would need him to be with this ankle injury. Because... Yeah, it's not looking good at all. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing, as you're mentioning, is the fact that, well, A, well, let's, let's actually stick with this before we get into the rumors around the Sixers potentially moving to Ben Simmons to Cleveland or somewhere else. Um, you're looking at this, the Sixers matching up with the Celtics in the first round if, if things were to end as they are right now. Yeah, that's, that's not a series, that, especially right now without Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. that they're able to come out of. Um, you know, the Sixers just are disappointing for, for Philly fans because they have on their roster, you have so much talent, you have so, so much potential, and here we are yet again as we're preparing for the playoffs. And they're not looking like they're going to be ready at all to even get past the first round. So here we were a year ago, teams, uh, people were saying that this is a team that could be the top team in the East. Fast forward, we're still saying they should be and could be a top team in the East. Yet, as we are now in August preparing for the playoffs, they're not even looking like a team that's going to get past the first round. That is shocking. That's, that is an issue. And for Joel Embiid's ankle injury, to happen it was just kind of like the icing on the cake in a sense of mm-hmm. you know when it rains it pours for the yeah. Philly and we lost Ben why so why, you know both? of course within days why not lose Joel and B too um, but there has been some discussion around potentially moving Ben Simmons and rumors that he's the player that they're looking to move and to build the franchise around Joel Embiid I know Cleveland wasn't a, a team that came up you know if you have to move someone who would you move I was actually having this conversation with a couple people over the last few days. And if it were, if I were sitting in Elton Brand's chair as the GM of the Sixers, I'm looking to move Embiid first. And as talented as he is, in today's NBA, you honestly don't need a superstar center to win. What I need for my center is right. block shots, rebound and run hard both ends of the floor so you can be there to finish dunks and layups when you get them. And for Ben Simmons to truly maximize his game, what he needs around him is spacing and shooters. Similar to way the, the way you build a team around Giannis or the way you build a team around even LeBron in his early years, you look to max mm-hmm. maximize the space around him so that that driving lane is open. He can use his best ability, which is attacking the rim without interfering with his other players' games because they like to operate in space closer to the perimeter, high post areas and things like that. So right now when you see the pairing of Embiid and Simmons, as much as people like to complain about Embiid needs to get in the post, he needs to get up get under the basket. And yes, you would love to see a seven foot one, 300 pound guy under the rim every possession. If he's there and you have a Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot, the lane is clogged and now your primary ball handler is unaffected. So exactly. Exactly. But if I had to choose between the two, 
And it seems that may be a decision that they're looking into at least. Not saying it will happen, but they're at least going to have to look into. I personally would look to move Embiid first. Simply because of the nature of today's NBA, it's more of a perimeter-oriented, guard-dominated dominated game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a shame that we have these teams that we can look at over the years that have two all-stars, two of the best players in the league at the time, that can't figure it out. You look at OKC with Russell and KD years ago, even with James Harden when he was with that group. You look at, of course, Shaq and Kobe is one of the biggest duos that we still talk about to this day uh, that just couldn't, that couldn't stay and figure it out. It is just a shame that we even have to have this conversation on the Sixers because, you know, you'd like to think that, especially with the league being a, a league where the top teams have two all-stars, two players that they can rely on that can play off of each other, that they are unable to figure it out. But I do agree with you in that it has to be Embiid. You, you cannot move Ben Simmons. Look at the Sixers without Ben Simmons. Look at the Sixers without Joel Embiid. Look at the plus and minus there. Look at how much different they play with him. He's a better leader. I know he's quieter. He's a better leader. He's more consistent. He stays healthier. Although, of course, now he's out for the season. But over, overall, he's at least able to play two mm-hmm. back-to-back games. Joel Embiid can't even do that. I mean, that's what my biggest issue was with him getting into it with Shake Milton. Is like, in my opinion, although you're an all-star and you're a veteran and he's, he's a younger player, you don't have the credibility to, to speak to him like that because you still haven't proven yourself. If you're LeBron, if you're MJ, if you're Kobe, or even Giannis, and I'll even put Luka in that category, and you're consistently doing your, your job day in and day out and showing up, you have a little more of a leg mm-hmm. to stand on to, to get on and push the younger players. Joel Embiid, we see you. You're getting into it with other players. You're one of the most disliked players in the league. You're constantly talking trash. And then on top of that, you can't even stay healthy and play back-to-backs or play, or play a whole stretch mm-hmm. of a game. How many times do we see him slowly getting up and down the floor just, because he's out of shape? So it's just there's so much extra with Joel Embiid. And I just think it's, it's a shame that he's unable to mature and be the top player he can be with his size, with his – versatility with his range but it has to be Ben Simmons that you keep you cannot afford to move him the Sixers would go oh I I can't even imagine honestly without Ben Simmons and with Joel Embiid for for a season we see what happened without Ben Simmons for a couple days there's no Joel Embiid now imagine this is an entire season Mm -hmm. just leaving Sixers fans shaking their heads yet again exactly But I definitely want to get your thoughts on the Western Conference. I know we're beating up on the Eastern Conference a little bit right now. Uh, On the East, a lot of teams that are still in contention to to come out of that conference. But in the West, we still have teams that are fighting to play in to the playoffs. So coming up, we're going to get into the Western Conference playing series and the fight for the number eight spot. Who says car repairs have to be expensive for quality? Well, for over 20 years, rockauto.com has been the place to get everything done from brake parts to tail lamps to even new carpets. And regardless if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, it's easy, convenient, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. It's a family business that puts your family first. We're still in the midst of a pandemic dealing with COVID-19, everyone. So why spend twice as much for the same parts when you can save money for you and your family? Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for countless makes and models. And one of the best parts about it, whether you're on your phone or your computer, you have quick service right at your fingertips. So go head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we 
at Locked On Wizards sent you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time for us to get into the Western Conference battle for that number eight spot. So joining me here on Locked On Wizards to continue the conversation around the NBA, we've got Michael Jones. Mike Jones. I just feel like I have to always say that. Host of Offense, Defense, Discourse Podcast, a producer and analyst for the Lance J Show. Did I do it? I feel like I did a pretty good job with that. Who, Mike Jones. You got it right. Right? Back then, they didn't want me. I mean, that was, I thought I delivered it well. You know, I thought it was, I felt it. Um, it was look, good for me. <laughs> Mike, it was good. Perfect. Thank you. That means that in itself is a win. <laughs> so there are some teams right now battling to get into the playoff spot for the for that final number eight spot in the West. We know the East is all clinched and we, and now teams are shifting their focus to prepare for the postseason. For the West, there are some teams that are still just trying to get in. So the, first of all, I love this concept of a play-in series. I think it's perfect for the fact that there are teams that are right there, half a game back, one game back, neck and neck, fighting for that last spot. And it's a disservice to them to not have a chance to at least play to get in. Plus, as fans, selfishly, fans enjoy the, that opportunity to see player, teams and players fighting, going head-to-head with their season on the line. So right now we have a lot – well – the, the Trailblazers, the Spurs, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies right now are at that eight seed and should have been able to close out, but one, lost five of their six play-in games so far in the seeding games. And now here they are fighting for a chance to get into the Western Conference Finals. So, or playoffs, Yeah, they're in a dogfight now. So of this group, the dogfight is real. Who do you think is in the play-in game? Grizzlies, Blazers, Spurs, Suns. Who's it going to be? Now, I, I want to say the Grizzlies will hold on. I am, I am a huge okay. fan of the way John Morant handles his business at the point guard position. That being said, that's my heart. My head says never be, get a bet against Popovich. Mm, okay. That's my head talking. Phoenix, as great as Devin Booker has looked in this bubble, I don't think they're quite ready to really get over. It's like to make they have to make up two games, I believe it is still. And Portland is on fire with Dame Lillard playing out of his mind. Memphis, as you mentioned, they're struggling. They have a loss of momentum and. That's a team I feel bad for. I feel bad for John Morant, but that, that yeah. that's a conversation for another day. I just feel like he's so good being in that market that doesn't attract other players. He'll keep his team in the playoffs every year, and that will make it hard to get any other good talent around him, and he'll just have one of those type careers unless he leaves. But that's a conversation for another day. Right now, <laughs> That's a good point. But – but yeah, <laughs> I feel that. But yeah, with I just have a hard time trying to count out Popovich. 
he's looking to make a historic run at a 23rd straight playoff appearance. And my money's on them. That's the thing. You can never count out Pac. Mm-hmm. You know, he's someone that always finds a way. He's just, he's, a, he's just an incredible coach. One of the best, you know, and the way that he gets his team so organized on both ends of the floor, you can't count out. If he's, if he's involved, there's a reason why the Spurs have been to so many playoffs. There's a reason why they've won championships. He's a, he's a coach. He knows how to get his players to play. He knows how to, you know, but, and having DeMar DeRozan, you know, without LaMarcus Aldridge is a huge hit, but still having DeMar DeRozan, you're still seeing DeJounte Murray and, and Derek White and Rudy Gay that are still, it's still, a, it's still a great team. And for Devin Booker, I do feel like the Flames going to start to fizzle out a little bit. He has been playing incredible. He's been one of my MVPs of the, of the restart. But I do also think that the Suns as a whole aren't there yet to be a playoff team. And as for John Morant, I agree. I mean, I think that the Memphis fans and for Memphis as a whole probably were have a sour taste in their mouth because they felt like, well, we were at number eight when this all shut down. We should have it locked, locked mm-hmm. up. And why are we not just fully put into the playoffs? No, you got to earn it. You got to prove it. And they haven't done that. But my team to watch is definitely Trailblazers. Dame, Mello, CJ McCollum. I mean, I just think this team is a, is a Western Conference contender. And the fact that they are even a team that's not in that top seven right now just shows how strong the West really is. Because this, this group here, I'm not, I'm not going to say they're one of my favorites to come out of the West, but they're a group that, in my opinion, is a top team in the West. Yet here they are fighting well, to get in. So I think with them being healthy and, and having the chance to have a play-in game, I think the veteran leadership and experience is going to prevail. And the fact that you have just tremendously smart, all-around ballers, that they're not going to lose this game. And if it's a best of two, so whoever, if let's say number nine wins and they play again, I think the Trailblazers are winning that. Now, you're absolutely right. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said healthy with the Trailblazers because the return of Nurkic mm-hmm. has definitely added to that yes. team a piece that I think is what held them back from being a solidified playoff team earlier on in these years. So they do look good. I can't say you're wrong or not logical for making that pick. <laughs> I, I'm just going Popovich. I have always been a believer that style of play can trump talent in basketball. If the talent level's close enough, the team, the team with a mm-hmm. better style of play usually wins. Now, if there's a wide talent gap, gap then of course, then that le- tends to lean towards the team, more talented team. But in basketball, people underestimate the style of play effect on the game. And that is something which is why you see these Popovich teams function the way they do year in and year out. The reason you see Toronto functioning the way they are the last couple of years, especially this year, even when everyone expected the bottom to fall out without Kawhi, they're the number two seed in the Eastern Conference and playing great basketball. That's style of play. That's not individual talent. That's a great point. And, and when you have the game that close on the line, we do a lot of times see where it mm-hmm. does come down to coaching. Unfortunately, that's where – not to get – well, I won't even browbeat the Sixers, but they're a team that – like I look back and watch last year's series when they lost to Toronto, 
that's something that I felt like even put them in that place mm-hmm. where Kawhi. A lot of poor execution you know, down I, the stretch, it, turn, turnovers, exactly. not ready to not ready to execute in the moment. That a lot of that does come to coaching. If if your players aren't mentally prepared for the moment, that that falls back mm-hmm. on the coach because it's his job to make sure you're prepared for those moments to execute. Yep, and we know Pop can definitely do that. Mm-hmm. We know he knows how to get his group playing like a well-oiled mach- machine. They are rolling. He's strategic. He knows when to call timeouts. He knows what to say. He knows what to run. He's a coach, and there are a lot of teams in the league. Well, not a lot, I won't say that, but there are a number of teams across the league that, you know, maybe that the coach is just average, and what gets them over, they mm-hmm. have the talent. So when you have a this in this play-in series, if it's the Trailblazers and the Spurs, and definitely if it's the Spurs and anyone else, if it's the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Spurs would, would mm-hmm. beat them without a doubt, in my opinion. So I agree that we're going to see it come yeah. down to coaching and come down to, of course, always talent, but coaching will be a big deciphering factor in this type of environment of a playing series. Absolutely. It's going to be fun Great to watch. Point. It's definitely going to be fun to watch. Oh, I cannot wait. And I'm happy that we're even able to have these conversations, Mike Jones, because this four and a half months drought that it, that we had without sports felt like an eternity. But here we are back talking as we prepare for the playoffs. So we'll see if we have or which teams we have in that playing game. It's guaranteed there will be a playing game starting August 15th. We'll see who it's going to be. But for those that are listening to Locked On Wizards, where can they follow you to keep up with all of your sports content and the coverage that you're doing? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Jonesy underscore LJR. Same across all platforms. Also, you can follow the show's page at Offense, Defense, and Discourse on Twitter. And you can follow the Lance J show on all those programs as well. So there's always some new content coming somewhere, which we, we, we try to keep, keep busy, keep putting as much out as we can. So. I love it. And that's all we can do. I appreciate all the work that you do. And I'm uh, happy that we had a chance to have you on locked on wizards to get into what's going on around the NBA and we'll uh, see what happens. We'll see. Uh, who's thanks correct for having me. This was fun. <laughs> so this thank was you. fun. Definitely. This was fun. This was fun. Thank you, Mike. Mike Jones. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us for another edition of Locked on Wizards here on the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, be sure to hit that subscribe button, follow us, and to catch up with all of our daily content here on Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.